the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Is your crew of otherwise intrepid adventurers, soldiers, and scouts falling prey to the depredations of life on the edge of the map? Are the challenges of the untamed wilds leaving your men with syphilis, constipation, scurvy, brain shudder, sticky knee, Welshman's ear, and the other tragic, painful conditions so common to modern explorers? If so, fret not, good friends and neighbors, Dr. Benjamin Rush has discovered a brilliant, innovative solution to all your ills. Dr. Rush's world-famous bilious pills use a proprietary combination of pure ingredients to gently purge the body of excess bile and contaminants that cause these dreadful, incommodious conditions. Hi, I'm Ben. Who was that, though? Oh, that was an advertisement for Dr. Benjamin Rush's bilious pills. Not Dr. Benjamin Boland's bilious pills? <laughs> no, no. He beat me. He beat me to this one, though. To the gut punch? <laughs> yes, to the gut, to the thunderclap. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> so I, I think you left out a key component in that ad, though, Ben. Yeah, there was a little bit of a PR spin there, Noel. What was, what was that key ingredient that got left out? I think it was mercury, Ben. <laughs> I believe you are correct, my friend. Uh, we are here at Ridiculous History along with our super producer, Casey Pegram. And I don't think we told Casey what this episode is going to be about. No, I think, I think from our pre-pro conversations, he sort of gleaned that it was something to do with mercury and poop <laughs> and possibly exploration. Yes, possibly exploration, probably exploration, definitely exploration, can you take us back, Noel? Where, where are we headed? Who, who are our protagonists today? 
Okay, Ben, for today's episode, we are, in fact, going to time travel so that we can physically travel along with our companions for the day, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark, otherwise known as Lewis and Clark. Yes, yes. And, and there's an amazing Superman spinoff television program <laughs> called Lois and Clark <laughs> uh-huh. that, that they were really capitalizing on people having fond memories of this uh, intrepid traveling duo. Um, But this is in 1804, and that was more like in 1994, I want to say. So this is the important pair. Um, So we've got uh, Lewis and Clark who go out on a journey, uh, sort of like a Lord of the Rings-esque journey to Mordor, only it's to survey this land that President Jefferson, you know, basically bought from Louisiana in in another creative uh, title for an event, the Louisiana Purchase. He purchased (laughs) some land from Louisiana. And they called it that. Um, (laughs) And so this journey uh, Mm -hmm. started from St. Louis and very, very slowly and deliberately made its way uh, to the West Coast. Right, right. The Pacific. They wanted to, they were tasked to find a passage from the Missouri River to the Pacific, and they left, as you said, May 14th, 1804. It took them 28 months to complete the journey. Uh, They lucked out, though, because... Almost everyone survived, which was amazing when you consider that they were going through the untamed wild. I think they only lost one person. Mm-hmm, just Is that one. Right? Yeah. yeah. How, how'd he go? On August 20th, Sergeant Charles Floyd died of what they called at the time bilious corlic. Interesting. Wasn't that word in the name of that pill that that a disembodied uh, (laughs) announcer gave us at the top of the show? Mm -hmm. Bilious pills. Today we call bilious corlick, C-H-O-R-L-I-C-K. By the way, we call that a ruptured appendix. Really? Mm -hmm. So bilious referring to bile, correct? Absolutely. And that's what your appendix is kind of chock full of. And it is a poisonous substance if, if leached out into the body. Right, right, exactly. Bilious is a word that can trace its origin back to the old belief in, the old medical belief. The humors. Yes, exactly. The four bodily humors. It'd be black bile, yellow bile, phlegm, and blood. So you might be phlegmatic. You might be bilious. And when Lewis and Clark set off with their 30-odd people, they wanted to really be Boy Scouts about it. They needed to prepare as much as possible for any contingency. And one of the things that they were very concerned with was the possibility of growing sick, like indigestion, diarrhea. Constipation. Constipation mainly, right? Yeah, that's the big one. Because how how many months was this journey again, Ben? 28. 28 months. So, you know, it, it, it would be almost impossible to bring enough food that would not that would keep for that long, let alone that you could actually carry through the completely untamed wilderness that they were traveling through. Um, so they had to be prepared to have to catch their own food, which would end up being like super kind of gamey stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they ended up eating a lot of dogs on it's this true. trip. Yeah. yeah, that was a thing. And this led them to having some pretty severe tummy troubles, most specifically constipation. So they packed these pills in large quantities. Yes, yeah. The weird thing about the bilious pills is they were actually, in effect, anti-bilious. Back then, a patient was said to be bilious when supposed poor flow of bile in their body gave them any number of symptoms, headache, lassitude, constipation. And Dr. Rush had actually 
spoken to Lewis, to Meriwether Lewis, before they left. And he said, if you see a sign of an approaching disease, if you see one of these symptoms pop up, headaches, constipation, just hand them one or two of these pills. But they had that nickname, right? Thunderbolts. Thunderbolt. Yeah, it sounds like some kind of like truck stop speed, doesn't it? <laughs> like like it does. mini mini thins or yellow something jackets. Like that. Or yellow something. jackets. That's yeah. the one. Um, but here here's the kicker though. It contained something called calomel, uh, ten grams per serving, um, which the active ingredient in calomel is in fact mercury. Mm-hmm. Mercurous chloride. Yeah, and this calomel stuff had been used in medical practice since the. 1600s because it was actually a milder form of a mercury compound. The liquid metal mercury had been applied externally in different ways since ancient times to treat a variety of skin diseases. And then because it had been used so often externally, it evolved into an internal medicine. But wasn't the problem with mercury is that sure, it does knock out some uh, conditions of the skin, for example, but it also like poisons the person that's taking it. Right, right. Like the uh, the old haberdashers who would go crazy from exposure to mercury, right? Yeah, like that guy that uh, killed uh, John Wilkes Booth. We did an episode on back in the day. Oh, that's what right. Was his yeah, name? yeah. You know the guy who, uh, who castrated himself, uh, Thomas Corbett. Corbett. That's right. That's right. So we know that mercury could actually treat some medical conditions. People used it often uh, to combat syphilis, for instance. Uh, But we also know that this stuff had a range of terrible, terrible side effects. If you took small doses of this mercurous chloride over time, it would give you mercury poisoning. We just didn't call it that at the time. You would have uh, a lot of saliva, your gums would get sore, your teeth would loosen, your breath would smell like metal, which is super gross, and you would have discolored stool. But in large doses, this stuff acted very quickly as a laxative, right? Yeah, it absolutely did. And that is, of course, the purposes that was being employed for here with the Lewis and Clark uh, team. Um, They took so much of it that they would spend like an entire day. They would lose to multiple party members just, you know, purging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Spray and pray is what I like to call it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. But thankfully, there was a uh, popular kind of wisdom, I guess, surrounding camping, that you should dig your latrine a certain distance away from your campsite. Oh, yeah. As not to contaminate your, mm. your food or, you know, just, just to keep things not it, gross. It's a quality of life. It's a qu- Especially if yeah. you got a dude, like, hovering over this, like, <laughs> hole in the ground, just, right. like, expelling his bowels just explosively. Nobody wants to be around that. How, do you remember how far it was? What was the recommended uh, distance? I, w- I would think, surely, given the circumstances, they would have, like, upped that, whatever it may have been. Yeah, it, it may have changed depending on their terrain, but the rule of thumb nowadays is about 100 yards away as a minimum in a secluded area they were probably not that far away. Because 100 yards, that's a football field. You know what I mean? Well, and exactly. Like, if you were in some kind of small clearing, like in a mm-hmm. wooded area, you might not have that much space to work with. Yeah, it was probably just far, it was at least far enough away that 
you wouldn't be haunted by the smell. Or the sounds. Or the <laughs> horrible, horrible sounds. <laughs> right. The, the groans of anguish. The human misery and like cartoonish splattering sounds. Can mm. you even imagine, Ben? I can, and it bothers me. It bothers me, too. Does it bother you, listeners? Let us know. Does it bother you, Casey? Yeah, I'd say that bothers me. <laughs> it's been Casey on the case. It is decided. It's an unpleasant thing to be around. Right. We took it to the highest authority in the land as far as this podcast is concerned. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know. I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right? Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, <laughs> I said El Camino and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The weird thing about these pills is that it was a large enough dose of mercury to actually kill a human being, but it went through their body so fast. Just lickety split (laughs) and one end out the other because it was fast acting too. That was another part. That's why they were called lightning pills, I Mm -hmm. imagine, right? Yeah, exactly. And they had to be named after the sound, you know, which just still bothers me a little bit, Noel. But here's here's something. Are you saying it sounded like lightning when they evacuated their bowels? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it sounded, it sounded like the clap of thunder, you know? Got it. Like, is a storm coming in or is Lewis sick again, yeah. you know? But here's something that hopefully uh, made the pain of the journey worth it for these, for these intrepid explorers. For a long time, archaeologists were attempting to trace the exact path that Lewis and Clark took. And these guys stayed at over 600 different sites. So you might know the general trend and you can see some stuff that they have documented themselves. But if you want to find the specific actual facts campsites, you're looking at a needle in the haystack situation or so one would assume. Or you, you could call it a pile of human excrement in a hole in the ground situation. That's true. That's probably more accurate, more accurate. Which honestly seems to me would be pretty difficult to find as well. But find it, these intrepid archaeologists did. Did they not, Ben? (laughs) They did, Noel, they did. And they did it with the incidental help of Dr. Benjamin Rush's bilious pills. Because remember how just a moment ago we said that the these things were like 60% mercury, 60% mercurous chloride or calomel. There was so much mercury running through these poor guys' bodies that the mercury stayed in the ground where their latrines were, like an unusual, cartoonish, I'll say it, disgusting amount of mercury. And that is how, <laughs> given the opportunity, archaeologists could differentiate between the Lewis and Clark poop and the poop of, of others who may have passed through a similar location. But, Ben, they had to have had a vague idea. They couldn't have just been, like, you know, going willy-nilly to every random campsite. Like, this seems like a, an insane process. How, how did this go down? It's a good question, my friend. Uh, there's a writer for the Chicago Tribune named Maurice Posley who walks us through a little bit of this. In his journals, Meriwether Lewis refers to a campsite near a place called Lolo Creek, which is just a few miles south of Missoula, and he calls this place Traveler's Rest. And they all thought, everybody thought for a long time that this camp was at the confluence of the Bitterroot River and Lolo Creek, about a mile and a half away. But this all changed when a vapor analysis verified this unusual amount of mercury there. Uh Aha, it was that much that a vapor analysis would (laughs) do it. It was like in the air? That's crazy. (laughs) They were able to to analyze uh, the soil pretty easily. And once they they find that one site, they're like, oh, this proves it. Let's see if we can test other specific sites for and, traces of mercury. And, and, maybe, and maybe get to the source by seeing how the concentrations change, right? Yeah, exactly. You could, in theory, I guess, find that, that hole in the ground um, by tracking, like, the concentration of mercury. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's an interesting thing here. 
that you and I have talked about off air. We, we've been mentioning mercury as a treatment for constipation, but it was also used to treat an entirely different medical condition. That's the thing. They were getting this mercury from from two different sources, the, the bilious pills, which was kind of considered a cure-all. Mm-hmm. But then they also had a cache of another type of medication that was specifically designed to treat syphilis because they were – they basically kind of prepared for the fact they were going to have a lot of – what other kind of sex was there at the time? Unprotected sex uh, <laughs> right. with um, some native women. There's an article in The Atlantic that came out in 2016 that that seems to dispel this belief. For a while, people believed that syphilis actually came somehow from the New World. But all the evidence indicates we still don't know exactly where syphilis came from. And I think you and I had always assumed that syphilis came with the Europeans into the New World, which I know we're not supposed to use the term New World anymore, but that's what they called it at yeah, the time. Yeah, we know what we're talking about. Yeah. So the disease already had a long history in Europe, but maybe the syphilis epidemic seemed like a new disease at the time because it had previously been mistaken for something else, you know, or maybe it was particularly virulent strain of syphilis. Whatever the case may be, um, these travelers knew damn well that they were going to be exposed to this condition, but they weren't going to let that stop them from, you know, having a a nice fling with (laughs) with an attractive lady. Um, And they took this stuff to either, I guess it wasn't really, it could be a safeguard against it. I guess they just accepted they were going to get it. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently, they were just so, okay with yeah, that. They just yeah. resigned themselves to their their syphilitic fate, which is no joke, right? Syphilis is the one that like can kind of like make you go insane over time, right? right in the late stages, yeah. So they had syphilis and mercury poisoning. I would imagine by the end of this journey, these dudes were were not well, right? And, and mentally, right? And let's see, it was even just in the first year of the expedition on October fifteenth, eighteen o four, Clark. Uh, writes down that the party had arrived at a place called the Camp of the Arakara, and that, quote, their women were very fond of caressing our men and company. And by March of 1805, he noted that the men were, quote, generally healthy except venereal complaints, which is very common amongst the natives. Here the men catch it from them. So they were blaming the native population. But, you know, it was just out, it was apparently just, crazy talk for them to, you know, not pursue these flings. I mean, they had to occupy their time somehow, I guess, right? <laughs> so they were just on this cycle of uh, unprotected sex, syphilis, and mercury. Wild times, my friend. And eating dogs. <laughs> and eating dogs and uh, just laying some epic flatulations. What? I don't know about this. What? The, the farts, the thunderclaps. Oh, that's different. It was Manafort Destiny. I, oh, Ben, that's, that's adorable. <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, there is another thing, too, about the, the times that they spent on the, on the old rugged trail. Mm. Um, apparently, every man got a ration of whiskey. Um, they had barrels of whiskey, and that was a really important part of their staying sane in these uh, intense circumstances. Uh, and one man, I believe, was caught taking more than his fair share of whiskey, oh, no. and he got 50 stripes on the back. Um, with a, a cat of nine tails or some such, you know, bullwhip. Oh, wow. And so that's, they took that stuff really seriously. Yeah, and you know that stuff left scars. 
Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that, that was like the, the height of, of punishment. And if they did that for just, you know, taking a little extra shot of whiskey, I can't imagine what they would have done for more severe crimes. Right. And this is fascinating, I think, to both of us because growing up here in the States, when you hear about the Lewis and Clark expedition, you just hear the bare bones and it's sometimes it's a little romanticized, you know? It's like these this noble group of people who are the harbingers of Western civilization at this point, trying to explore a great unknown, at least unknown to Europeans, land. And so, as so often happens in, in so many stories like this, we skip over a lot of the nitty-gritty details. The epidemic of syphilis, the epidemic of diarrhea, the mercury in the ground, everywhere. The dog-eating. The dog-eating. None of that's very sexy at all. No, that's not what you want to think about when, but you, when you think about this. we're left with this image of conquering, you know, the great outdoors. Mm-hmm. And you've got these trails named after Lewis and Clark. And now we know that they went to, I think, more than 600 campsites throughout this journey. And like Traveler's Rest, because of these intrepid archaeologists and their ability to analyze some of these sites for mercury content, we know a little bit more about where these folks passed through. Yes. And we have also learned that what, you know, neither of us are doctors. Casey is not a doctor either. We've also learned uh, the perils of mercury. Don't take it. Don't break the thermometer and play with it. Did you ever do that as a kid? No, but I've seen videos of it. It looks pretty cool. It's like the T-1000. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, But it's still not worth it. It can do horrible things to you. It just happened in today's episode to preserve for posterity, the details of the Lewis and Clark expedition. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I meant I said El Camino and I meant Monte Carlo. I miss it so uh the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, 
Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And one thing that's surprising is, although we... We hold the Lewis and Clark expedition in such high regard today. It only became popular relatively recently, like 50 years ago or so. Well, I think when these men returned, they expected like a hero's welcome, right? Mm -hmm. And it just never really came. And uh, Meriwether Lewis, in fact, um, his death has been a source of much speculation. But one um, very plausible one is that he kind of spiraled into despair and self-doubt uh, and that he ultimately took his own life in, in, in a quite outlandish fashion. Uh, um, walk, walk us through it. Yeah. Well, so – Thomas Jefferson himself had reported that Lewis's family had a history of depression, bipolar disorder specifically, um, and that he himself, Lewis, had been suffering from this condition himself since he was a child. Uh, and here's a quote from a great article on history.nd.gov where Jefferson says this. Governor Lewis had from an early life been subject to hypochondriac affections. It was a constitutional disposition in all the nearer branches of the family of his name. It was more immediately inherited by him from his father. While he lived with me in Washington, I observed at times sensible depressions of mind, but knowing their constitutional source, I estimated their course by what I had seen in the family. This is really interesting because this idea of mental illness can, having such stigma, it's still around today. Sure. I mean, it hasn't gotten that much better. So back Back in these days, it certainly wouldn't have been something that you would have talked about. But, um, yeah, so he, he suffered from these, you know, great highs and, and great lows. And the story of his, his demise goes like this. Oh, we should also mention, just to interject, that he his rediscovered letters show that he had written his will before the journey. And he also attempted suicide on the expedition, but was restrained. Yeah, well, good, good thing he had his bros around him to kind of hold him, pull him back from the ledge, I suppose. So what happened? How, how did he 
pass away. So the story goes like this. Um, he had booked himself a room at an inn, a tavern, and he shot himself. Um, but that didn't take because I guess, I don't know, maybe those little musket balls, those, those guns don't always discharge properly. Mm-hmm. Maybe it just didn't, didn't it's, wasn't a death blow. And so he did it again and it, that didn't quite take either. So he decided to go to sleep. Uh, he he went to sleep and he woke up, um, you know, not dead. And then he uh, apparently ran out into the hallway and said, quote, give me some water and heal my wounds. Uh, and all the guests were freaking out. Mm-hmm. And he went back to sleep and then woke up and uh, someone witnessed him, quote, cutting himself from head to foot. So it took about 12 hours of time. Two bullets, uh, a little bit of sleep, and um, a blade for Lewis to finally uh, die. And that is like some tortures of the damned kind of stuff right there. Good Lord. Self-inflicted is is the belief, right? This was at the Grinder's Stand. Mm-hmm. It's an inn on the Natchez Trace. And I believe he had one gunshot in the head, one to the gut, and, you know, as you said, he ran out and scared the hell out of everyone. Uh, Nashville newspaper had reported that his throat was cut. There is one complicating factor here. Money that he had borrowed from a guy named Major Gilbert Russell to complete the journey was missing. Uh-oh. The plot thickens. The plot thickens. And Thomas Jefferson, as you pointed out, along with some modern historians, generally accepted the idea that Lewis died of suicide. But there's still a debate. There's still people who say it was homicide for one reason or another. That is pretty fascinating. Um, it does seem like the groundwork was laid for him having already demonstrated suicidal tendencies. But this whole missing money business really yeah. muddies the waters. Well, it? he might have spent it because there, uh, the historian Paul Russell Cutright completely believes this was suicide and he has a pretty detailed takedown of the murder slash robbery theory he says lewis had a lot of debt he was a heavy drinker he may have been using morphine and opium uh he was running late preparing the expedition's journals for publishing he just couldn't get a romantic partner and he was on the outs with thomas jefferson their relationship was going downhill so he's saying that it's plausible that Lewis, given his history, right, right, his his own mental struggles, he's saying it's more plausible that Lewis eventually took his own life. Well, that's a real bummer, and that is a surely a downer way to end this uh, episode. Um, so I'm just going to throw in one more thing to kind of like change gears. Yeah, yeah, slightly. like a palate cleanser. A little bit of a palate cleanser, uh, and that is the fact or the idea that Thomas Jefferson, one of the big things he was super excited about them finding on this expedition was like giant animals. Yes. Like mammoths. So American, right? Yeah, big time. And uh, something called a megalonics or a megal, me- megala, yeah, megalonics, which is like some kind of giant cat. And he, and he described it as, as preeminent over the lion in size as the mammoth is over the elephant. And if you want to see a really cool exploration of this mm-hmm. uh, as if it were real, there is a comic book series called Manifest Destiny. Yeah, I've read it. It's yeah. on uh, issue 36 right now. It's ongoing, but you can get the collected uh, trades yeah. or whatever. Have you checked it out? I've read like the first trade oh, it's and it's great. really cool, but it has some of these crazy creatures. Yeah, yeah. It's a big part of it. In this comic, they're finding... Um, well, I'll tell you this without spoiling it. In in this story, in, in the graphic novel slash comic book Manifest Destiny, 
the expedition does run into megafauna, just a generic term for large animals, but they also keep finding these structures that look like the Gateway Arch there in St. Louis. And I, you know what? If, if you're a fan of good stories, we highly recommend that. I'm so glad you mentioned this on air. I was reading it. I was rereading it last night. No way. Yeah. In prep for the podcast? Yeah. All yeah. that good historical <laughs> data in there? Because <laughs> I think there is some stuff in there that is historically accurate, but it's largely a fictionalized version with some of these more uh, high and lofty ideas of what this this unsettled wilderness might be like. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah, check it out. I like that we I, I like that we made a good comic recommendation. We do whenever we can. Have we made one before? Um, we may have mentioned comics we okay. like, but oh. I don't know if we out and out recommended one. I pledge from this day forth mm-hmm. to always recommend a comic on every episode. Okay. No, uh, that's too much. No, no, as long as caveat, as long as it doesn't have to completely tie in with the episode. And we're going to do an episode on every state and we're going to complete it by the end of this year. Whoa. No? I don't know too if much? we can make it. Am I promising too much? We're only coming out twice a week. <sighs> I always forget. It's under-promise, over-deliver. Under-promise, <laughs> over-deliver. So uh, there's also another comic called The Black Monday Murders. Has nothing to do with today's episode, but you will thoroughly enjoy it. And, and I'm a fan of uh, Lock and Key, which you loaned me recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I've yeah. been trying to get my way through it, but it's um, by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son. Mm-hmm. Nothing really like anything Stephen King ever did, though. He's got his own thing. Yeah, yeah. Joe Hill is a fantastic writer. You know what? Let us know what comic books you like. Historical or otherwise. Yeah. And you can let us know right now as you're listening to this episode. All you have to do is hop on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, especially our Facebook community page, Ridiculous Historians. Or you can write us a good old-fashioned email at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. Um, we'd love to thank super producer Casey Pegram. I'd Ooh. like to thank you, Ben. I'd like to thank you, Noel. Who else? <laughs> along with Alex Williams, who composed our track, our research associate, Gabe, who does just an amazing job. That's right. And big shout-outs to Christopher and Eves, who have mm-hmm. done an incredible job up this point i still think we've got a few of their ideas kicking around in the can so we'll make sure that we shout them out when those happen and uh a shout out to dr benjamin rush uh i don't know if you meant to be in the history books this way doc but congratulations nonetheless casey can we get uh, an appropriate sound cue Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. 
True story, the intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. King's Island is now open on weekends. 